This podcast is brought to you by GoMoto, the service lane kiosk that grows your business. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. G-O-M-O-T-O.com. Want to dive deeper into the topics you hear about on Daily Drive? We're offering listeners a special offer, 20% off a one-year Automotive News digital subscription. That gets you access to all of our news, information, and analysis made for automotive industry leaders like you. Go to autonews.com slash daily drive promo to redeem. Welcome to Daily Drive for Friday, January 5th, 2024. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News in Detroit. And I'm Kellen Walker in Las Vegas. Today on the show, the U.S. auto market reaches a post-COVID high. One of the country's largest private dealership groups makes a mega deal acquisition. And U.S. senators pressure non-union automakers to stay neutral in UAW organizing efforts. Plus, a look at some of the biggest dealership finance and insurance trends emerging early in 2024. I think we have to think about better ways in which we meet the consumer where they are, because that, at the end of the day, that's who we've got to serve. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. The seasonally adjusted annualized rate of sales last month tallied 16.4 million. That's the highest since May 2021, according to global data. It's also well above the range of forecasts of 15.1 million to 15.4 million. But there are signs of slowing growth in 2024. Elevated borrowing costs and new vehicle prices continue to sideline some shoppers. Among major automakers, Stellantis was the only one to post a fourth quarter and annual decline. Last year was a milestone for two of Germany's luxury brands. Sales rose 6% in the fourth quarter at BMW, helping the automaker set an annual sales record of more than 362,000. Meanwhile, fourth quarter sales rose 12% at Audi. That helped deliver a record result for the year of about 229,000, up 22%. Volvo's U.S. sales increased for the eighth straight month in December, rising 23%. 2023 sales advanced 26%. Volvo said EVs and plug-in hybrids accounted for 28% of its 2023 deliveries. We expect fourth quarter results from Mercedes-Benz, Jaguar, Land Rover, and Porsche next week. Holman, one of the country's largest private dealership groups, will acquire Leith Automotive Group. It's a mega deal expected to be final by the end of the first quarter. The companies confirmed the deal in a joint statement to us at Automotive News. Leith Automotive of Raleigh, North Carolina, owns more than 25 franchise dealerships and a Jaguar used car and service center across four cities. The acquisition is expected to about double Holman's new vehicle dealership count. The companies say the Leith name and team will stay in place under the agreement. A group of 32 Democratic senators and one independent is urging Tesla and other automakers to remain neutral in ongoing efforts by the UAW to organize U.S. plants. The letter went to Tesla CEO Elon Musk, as well as top executives at Toyota, Volkswagen, Hyundai, Rivian, Mercedes-Benz, Honda, Nissan, BMW, and others. It urges them to pledge not to interfere in any organizing activities. The letter raises concerns about reports that management of numerous automakers has acted illegally to block unionization efforts. 
VW has refuted claims of union busting and intimidation at its plant in Chattanooga. Toyota and Rivian declined to comment to Reuters. The other automakers did not immediately respond to requests for comment. And Tesla is recalling virtually every vehicle it's ever sold in China due to issues with the driver assistance system autopilot that increased the risk of crashes. The carmaker will deploy an over-the-air software fix to more than 1.6 million vehicles produced between August 2014 and December 2023. That includes locally built Model 3s and Model Ys and imported premium models. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, 33 senators urging Tesla and 12 automakers to stay neutral in ongoing UAW organizing efforts. Now I get it. You can't do illegal things to block unionization efforts. But is it really the government's business to get involved on how these companies want to run their businesses? Hmm. Well, it is politicians' business to try to get votes and try to be popular with people who will vote. Uh, that's a lot of what's going on here, as you said, right? The, the companies are already limited by the law. There are things they can't do. Uh, and there are things they can, and most of them would prefer to discourage their employees from forming a union. Uh, but there are limits. And, you know, the senator's writing a little, it, it's a little bit of grandstanding. It's a little bit of just saying, hey, we're on this side. Uh, don't forget us when it's time to vote. Gotcha. Coming up, a look at some of the biggest dealership finance and insurance trends heading into 2024, including how F&I products will fare with EV sales in the coming year. That's next on Daily Drive. Daily Drive is kicking off the new year by reviving an old name in a new format. We're bringing back a weekend drive edition of Daily Drive. Jamie and I will go deeper into the biggest automotive stories of the week. Every weekend, you'll hear fresh insights, analysis, and what has me running hot, if not overheated. To think that's going to get done in a year, a little over a year, is um, foolishly optimistic. That's, that's a little dark, but let's shift <laughs> to something a little more positive. You'll also hear from our experts in the newsroom here at Automotive News about the latest industry trends and topics. EV sales are not declining. That's the narrative we're kind of seeing outside of the industry. They aren't declining, but the pace of growth definitely has slowed. Come back this weekend for our Weekend Drive edition of Daily Drive. And of course, tune in every weekday for all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Listen to Fred Hayes, service manager at Temecula Valley Buick GMC, and Philip Candido, fixed operations director, talk about their experience with GoMoto in their service drive. The part of recontract that makes my job more satisfying is being able to get more vehicles through and do a better quality inspection. The whole process is simplified. I have doubled the amount of inspections and repairs I can do a day. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency just like Temecula Valley? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O dot Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. With more dealerships adopting digital tools, how will that affect F&I product sales in 2024 and beyond? Travis Wools is Vice President of Marketing and Communications at Protective Asset Protection. He spoke with Automotive News Senior Editor Dan Shine about the outlook for F&I products and trends in 2024. Travis, uh, Happy New Year. Thank you for being the first uh, 2024 guest in the, uh, this 
FNI Friday edition of Daily Drive. Well, thanks, Dan. I'm excited to be here. It's uh, We're off and running into a new year, so a lot of exciting things in front of us. So we're looking forward to it. Great. So uh, you, our friends at Protective, uh, kind of got the crystal ball out, polished it up, looking into 2024. So tell me, kind of what's the general outlook for F&I products uh, in 2024 that you see? Yeah, I, I don't know how much our, our actuaries rely on crystal ball, but I, I certainly, uh, you know, I'm happy to have a lot of uh, research and actuarial folks on the team that can help us sort of make some at least educated guesses. And a lot of that comes from when we uh, completed our uh, our annual F&I trends report at the end of uh, last year. But, you know, as, as we look forward, you know, towards the end of last year, I think we all felt as though, you know, a, a SAR that remains fairly flat is, you know, sort of the best we can hope for. And I think that's okay. I think the industry is ready to deal with that. I think what'll be interesting as we go into this new year is, okay, so, you know, at last we heard from the Fed, they were, they were leaving interest rates alone with some folks predicting there was going to be some reductions perhaps coming, but we'll wait and see. So I think, I think with that, we, we take a step back and look solely at, you know, our world of F&I, particularly when it comes to the, the I side of F&I, the protection products. And we think about, you know, those and we think they're, they're going to continue to play, even if not more so, a critically important role, especially to dealers in their, in their retail environments, because it gives them a few things. It gives them the opportunity to help with profitability for those retail sales. And it also helps them uh, help the consumer uh, hedge against those inflationary costs as well as those recessionary concerns. So I think, you know, for us, as we look at it, probably one of the bigger things is making sure that that F&I protection product portfolio at wherever your dealership may reside is probably as important forever, as as important as ever, because you want to make sure it's got the right mix of options in there for consumers, because I think you're going to have a more varied different types of consumers with different types of things they're going to want to protect against when they sit down in that FI office, whether that be in a digital fashion or the old school brick and mortar fashion. So you kind of mentioned a little bit about the Fed and, you know, we kind of in 2023 heard just a lot of hand wringing that, you know, affordability issues, high interest rates, you know, put a lot of people on the sidelines, a lot of car buyers, or if they came to the dealership to buy a car, a lot of them brought all cash with them. Uh, And so there was this concern that, you know, F and I would get, kind of get squeezed out of the equation if, you know, people are really maxing their budgets out just to afford a car, they're not going to want to buy the other stuff. So given all kind of what we know and what we, you know, we think might happen in, in 2024, are there products out there that you see maybe that might be more popular in this, this coming year that may, maybe make sense for the consumer? Yeah, it's funny. We I felt like we were talking about that a lot as we sort of wrapped up 23, and I was really digging into what we heard from dealers, both through our, our latest F&I study, as well as what we just hear generally from our distribution force, and then also with our, our product folks. And, you know, I think where we kind of land is the, the makeup of the different types of products doesn't really change so much, but it probably kind of heartening back to what I was talking about a second ago is probably more about how do the coverages within those different types of existing products align with a more varied need and also how does the consumer want to go about paying for that are they going to roll it into a financing situation do they want to maybe break it out and do a different sort of payment plan option for it uh, do they want to bring forward all cash for it so i think you just have to you know if you're if you're in the f and i portion of, of the dealership and working on that i think that's something you got to consider and, and the one other thing you know we've seen 
that increase in, in leasing, which, you know, when affordability becomes a challenge, that's that's what we've seen in the past, right? And I think the F&I industry has done a pretty nice job of, of making sure that those car buyers, or in this case, leasing car buyers, have the opportunity to protect against, uh, you know, unforeseen expenses. So making sure you have that lease protection product as part of your, your portfolio of options for your customers probably becomes increasingly important for, for right now. I would be remiss if I didn't bring up EVs since uh, it's just kind of always lingering out there and, and you know, as, as you know, a new option or, you know, a, a growing popular option for in, in some markets. How will F&I products kind of play a role in EVs in, in 2024? Yeah. So, you know, when we think about EVs and I, I, I agree with you, I feel like we're. It's like, you know, I, I go to night dreaming about what happens with EVs. I wake up in the morning, you know, trying to figure out what's going to happen with EVs, right? We, it's something we, we can't avoid. A great mystery, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, what we know from the data is, okay, yeah, retail sales have grown year over year. What we also know from the data is as a share of the overall U.S. active fleet, it's still quite small. And I think the other thing that's interesting when you think about the, the EV area of our business is, okay, we have to think about, you know, all the EVs we, we tend to, to think about, but I think you, you can't lose sight of the other alternative powertrain options, hybrids. And even, you know, you look at our good friends at Toyota, the last the last chance I had to sort of kind of read up on what their their point of view was is that they're not giving up on something like hydrogen. So there's, there's a real, you know, breadth of alternative powertrains out there that you got to think about. So it kind of goes back to those when you think about, all right, so what do I have to do with my F&I operations to make sure that I'll, I'm in a good place. Well, again, it comes back to, do you have that right product mix, but also do you have the right product mix for the type of consumer you have in your area? Because I'm willing to bet those those dealers that we work with on the West Coast have a much different experience of what it's like with the type of, of vehicles that they're selling versus our friends that are maybe right smack dab in the middle in the Midwest where I live. And that has a lot to do with the fact that, you know, the infrastructure is different uh, by a geography. So the ability to really, uh, you know, have an EV as a viable option sometimes is, is still not there. So I think it all plays, it all intertwines together. I think 24, I'm really interested to see if we see any dramatic growth or is it sort of a slowing down of, of you know, what's going to happen to EVs. I think I, I have no crystal ball, unfortunately. If I did, I'm sure my stock portfolio would be a lot more impressive. Uh, <laughs> but I think the the short answer is be ready to cover a more diverse set of vehicles rolling through your F&I operation. So, and so finally, uh, talk a little bit about digital F&I, online F&I, digital retailing. It's, it's what consumers want to do more and more. And they, you, know, you see all the surveys. They love to go online. They want to research not only the vehicle, but then also kind of the F&I products as well. And, of course, the F&I people would prefer them to be in their office so they can really kind of give them the good pitch. But people don't want to do that. They want their time's valuable. They don't want to spend, you know, an hour, you know, getting, you know, sold things that they think maybe they really don't need. So how do you see 2024 shaping up for, you know, dealers kind of really getting into that online F&I sales and kind of really embracing, you know, what consumers want, how consumers want to approach this? Yeah, I, I always I always enjoy talking about you know what what the digital retailing you know means to the F and I industry because I feel like it's I feel like we overprotective have been kind of politely shouting if that's if that's a real for a thing uh, about the impacts of this for a number of years even even dating back to pre pandemic times 
But the fact of the matter is, is you said it, Dan, you know, this is where the consumer largely and increasingly wants to be. They want to, they want to handle purchase processes through these digital channels increasingly. So I think we have to think about better ways in which we meet the consumer where they are, because that at the end of the day, that's who we've got to serve. So that's what we've got to do. So we think, especially going in 24, that there's an opportunity. We're seeing a lot, a lot of dealers already going this direction. And I think it's a matter of, you know, others maybe catching up a little bit, but others <clears throat> still just maybe embracing it even more. And that's help educate that consumer help educate them about the benefits of what you do through the F&I process. We know they're coming in well-educated about the vehicle they want to buy. They, they know as much about it as, as often the person on the showroom floor because they have access to so much information. So why not help educate them about all the benefits they can get from working with your F&I Pro to find the best way for them to have the best uh, ownership experience they, they can, because that's really what it boils down to. Because as we all know, uh, anyone who works in the automotive retail environment, they, they don't benefit from selling just one vehicle to, to a customer, right? They want to sell a lifetime worth of vehicles. So to do that, educate them, give the information to them earlier, have them feel more comfortable with what these protection programs and what the finance, financing options look like. And I think, I think as we continue to evolve there, I think we'll have a much more satisfied uh, consumer base. You know, we, if I harken back to the information we had in, in the last um, F&I Trends study, I think it was 80% of dealers who allow customers to make online F&I purchases reported having increased F&I sales overall in 2023. So I think that's indicative of, of what the opportunity is. So as that success continues, I, I don't see how we, we don't continue to put more emphasis on F&I in the online or digital retail environment. Travis, a lot of great insight as usual. Uh, enjoy the conversation. Great thing. Great, great way to kick off 2024. Thanks again for your time. Thanks, Dan. Always a pleasure. Appreciate it. Travis Wools is Vice President of Marketing and Communications at Protective Asset Protection. He spoke with our own Dan Shine. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News Coordinating Producer Jake Neer, as well as our own David Phillips and Julie Walker for their reporting for today's podcast. You can get the latest news on retail F&I, sales results, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back over the weekend for our first Weekend Drive edition of Daily Drive. We'll go over some of the biggest stories of the week, and our own Pete Bigelow will preview next week's CES in Las Vegas. It's really interesting. I feel like Hyundai's in the spotlight of the show, Honda a little bit, and that might be the, the biggest announcements from the traditional automakers. Obviously, we have some companies that are, are conspicuously absent this year. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.